Welcome everybody out to Utah in the Weeds. This is episode 88 and I am your host, Tim Pickett. Today's episode is a discussion with Daniel Mark Jones, uh, a veteran. And this is a heavy conversation in two regards. One, uh, his tours, and I'll, I'll let you just listen to it, Kosovo and Iraq. Uh, this is serious trauma that these, uh, these, yeah, they're, you know, we don't give enough credit to those in our our country, I think, who are willing to do this, right? Willing to go out and serve uh, in this way. Just always very strong and powerful to hear these stories. Um, but the second piece of his story with, uh, with his experience getting a medical cannabis card here in Utah and, you know, what happened to him and how he was basically fleeced for thousands of dollars. Um, and, and just the, the opportunity that people take, I guess, to take advantage of other people, especially veterans. Come on. Anyway, great conversation. Very, very genuine guy. Uh, from a housekeeping perspective, um, I'm excited to uh, release this episode. We've got our own Colin McCann um, next week and going to record with him soon. Looking very forward to that. Uh, I've also got a product review that I've been doing on my own, uh, sprained my back over the past week and have been just, just de de debilitated um, and unable to walk really. So been doing some research on my own with what's working best, trying to just recover a little bit. So uh, stay tuned for that. Utah in the weeds. Uh, download and subscribe on any podcast player that you have access to. I'm Tim Pickett again. Enjoy this conversation with Daniel Mark Jones. First off, so we can get your name right, would you mind would you mind saying your full name so we get the pronunciation right? And what you know, tell me a little bit about you. Uh, my name's Daniel Mark Jones. I was uh, born in Salt Lake City. Grew up in Wyoming for 20 years in a small miners town of Upper Reliance. And that's about three miles from Rock Springs, Wyoming. That's where cool. I joined the cool. uh, 1041st Engineers. I joined them uh, November 13th, 1999. And it was living under a bridge. It was a negative 50. And I just couldn't do it. So I went and joined the service. I walked in the cold up towards the mountains, right over the college, right down to where the mall is, and, and I joined them. So I was able wow. to join the 1041st, so it was pretty cool. So what was that like? How old were you at the time? I was uh, 18. I wow. was 18 uh, working on my GED. Yeah. I yeah. was uh, Most of my life, I, I was homeschooled, so... Mom was falling behind on her bills. Everyone else was able to go to public school. And I was stuck in my college, up at the college, to get my GED. Yeah. That's, what was the, what was the service like? The service, it was different. But for me, it was a life changer. It was, I was able to get out and away from people that were going to bring me down. It got me away from the, the drug scene. It got me away from the 
basically just destroying my life. It was an opportunity for me to leave Rock Springs, Wyoming. And that was a chance I took. One of the reasons for that is Rock Springs is called Rock Bottom. You, you're going to be stuck at the bottom of nowhere. And you're going to be stuck on either drugs or end up locked up. And that's something I don't, didn't want to be. I wanted something better for my life. Yeah. Did you ask your parents before you joined up? I didn't tell anybody I joined. What'd they say? Um, basically, when they found out is when I was in Fort Leonardwood, Missouri, training. And they had had us all calling our parents to invite them to graduation. And everyone in my family thought I was dead, even my friends. They couldn't oh, find me. Wow. I just disappeared. And when they found out I was in Len Fort Leonardwood, my adopted dad, he was stoked. Was he? He was. Because, one, you were alive. Yes. Right? And they didn't know where you were. How long had you been gone before you contacted them? It was about probably seven weeks. Holy cow. As an 18-year-old, you're living under the bridge. You join the service. You're, you're gone for six, seven weeks. Yeah. I'll bet they were pretty excited to hear from you. Yeah, he was, he was pretty stoked. He, he drove three days to come to my uh, graduation ceremony. That is awesome. So what was the rest of that like? Um, did you do tours? How long were you involved? I did, uh, I did about four and a half years. That game, and that pretty much put me in two different war zones. My first tour was in Kosovo in 2002. I went with the 54th Engineers Company, Bravo Company, out of Bamberg, Germany. They were short-staffed on the soldiers, and they were looking for volunteers. And I was the first to volunteer out of my unit at Ahana, Germany. And that was an interesting experience there. Yeah, talk talk about that. Uh, so, so it's interesting. I've I've been to Kosovo, I've seen the statue of Bill Clinton in the square, you know, and it wasn't. I don't think it was there when you were there. Um, but but uh, talk about that a little bit, and and what you saw. We we were stationed in Klokot. It's about twelve miles from Camp McGrath, and then. About probably four or five minute drive from Camp Bond still. And we were just right. We were in charge of checkpoint 417. And that's the longest checkpoint. You could look down the road for miles one way and one way or the other. It was all flat. And it was a church in the middle. And we did a lot of our uh, tour, our searches right there, vehicle searches. Um, a lot of a lot of our uh, our main our main focus was there. What other war zone did you go to? Everything around us was a war zone. Was it? Most of the people that were living in homes were destroyed by bombs. We were we were even protecting cemeteries. 
the Serbs, they would come and dig up the Albanians' graves and scatter their bones everywhere. They were pretty much ruthless. One race thinks they're better than the other and needs to annihilate the other race. And one of the things that we we found there was a couple more massive graves where they lined them up and shoot them. And then Whoa. just dump the bodies in one big hole. Wow. Kosovo also is a minefield. About 90% of the minefields that have been planted were never recorded. So wherever you drive, you had to be careful. My unit, we were out doing our regular drive arounds. Just, we ended up on a back road and we ended up in the middle of a minefield. If I didn't tell the ask the sergeant, asked him what was sticking up out of the ground out there and stopped the vehicle, we were probably about 10 feet from hitting that mine. Wow. Is this, is this something that you still deal with? You know, like, I mean, it sounds like you have some pretty vivid memories of this still. I do. I do. I still remember that was pretty hectic driving in the minefield. And I was at the church guard guarding, and that's when the seven bombs went off. It just constantly went off, one right after the other. Sergeant Burgess, Sergeant McDevitt, they were injured. And they were literally putting bombs on built people's homes and just blowing them up. Hmm. So... What what other war zone did you go to other than in Kosovo in 2002? After Kosovo 2002, three months later, my my regular unit, the 502nd Engineers, we ended up going to Iraq just three months after I got back from Kosovo. Oh, wow. My unit was a combat unit, a multi-unit bridge unit. We were the river rats. We put the biggest world float bridge ever built in a war history, a 98 by 2 float bridge across the Tigris, the Tikrit River there, which is really funny because the river, it's not a very big river. It's like a creek. You can even probably just run across it and jump across. But Saddam's idea was if he blew the dam that was like 30 miles up the river, his idea was to try to take out the dam. It didn't work that way. And so we end up putting the float bridge across. And from my memories from that, that was pretty hectic. One of our sergeants in the boats, the boat went under and it dragged the sergeant down. He didn't pop up until 150 feet from the bridge. Wow. We're facing white water uh, waters. The river itself had blood disease in it. And uh, if you go further up the river from the little town, the Tikrit, you could you could actually see the sewage dumping into it, people fishing, people washing their clothes in this river, just five feet from where the sewage is dumping into it. I mean, it's you sit there and wonder, it's like, wow, can't you just dump that sewage somewhere else? But they don't yeah. have what we have. Yeah. A cleaning facility for it. Wow. So when did you get out? 
I got him out uh, November November third, two thousand four. Let's switch gears a little bit. When when did you first get introduced to uh, to cannabis? Oh, probably about seventeen, seventeen and a half. Yeah. But I wasn't a really big user of it. Uh huh. It's not till about seven years ago from today is when I got really into it. And one of the reasons I got into it is the VA likes to give a lot of medic uh, pills out. And I've heard that. I have heard that rumor. <laughs> oh, there's an escalator. If you ask my my old lady here, uh-huh. when she uh-huh. we first hooked up, she found one of my Tupperwares and it was full of pills. And they keep sending me more and more and more. And there's pills I even, I never asked for too, and they're sending me. And when someone with PTSD or has a flashback or has a hard time trying to get under control, a pill can only work for so long. It takes four to five minutes to an hour. If you do one hit of a cannabis, you're having a faster reaction of calming the person down. And that's one of the things I started using the cannabis for was to help get me back in control of my life. What was happening in your life that you needed to get control of? Panic attacks. My anxiety was taken off. I was starting to actually see shadow figures walking across my living room. I always, I always, even to this day, I still feel like I'm being watched. Mm-hmm. I feel like I hear people walking outside around the house. There's times where I don't feel safe in my own home. And with the cannabis, it kind of restores my sanity back, knowing nothing's really there. Yeah. Is it, when you started getting into it, were you just, you're just getting it off the black market, yeah? Yes, I was. And so did you really have a choice of what you were using or it was kind of like, Hey, I got this Indica, I got this Sativa or, you know, Hey, I just, I just got some, I just got a bag. It wasn't really much of a choice. It was just, I got a bag. Yeah. And you know, you, you're still playing. You were paying like $50 for a gram or really or 3.5. You get like $50, uh-huh. $60. But you're still paying pretty high. Yeah. Did you run into to uh, flower cannabis that you that ended up making things worse sometimes, or was it always helpful? Um, I guess I asked that question because you know now you have a little bit of choice in the process here, right? You can choose what strain you buy, who grew it, you know. And when you're buying it off the black market, you don't really know what you get, and so. I don't know. I know. I know. Sometimes things, sometimes strains like a, a real sativa might make people more anxious. Did you ever run into that? Yes, I ran into where the certain strands. I would like to say, uh, uh, Blue Dreams. Uh huh. It left me with high anxiety. It got to the point where even my chest, my, I felt like my heart was trying to pound out of my chest. And compared to where I did something like blue cheese, which blue cheese has a different effect on me. 
it has more of a ma- mallow yeah and yeah. calmness and it's not something i'm more looking into it's something to help with the the calmness because i feel yeah. i have a battle going inside my own head and, and in my own heart i feel like i'm always yeah. at war yeah. or being a in a tug of war yeah makes sense what do you uh what do you do for work i work for love's truck stop i am a maintenance man i fix the pumps i will get down in there change hoses out uh pump handles diesel def handles uh the pumps go down i go reset the pumps i make sure the store runs i'm basically the backbone of the store keeping it flowing yeah. People have a yeah. hard time with uh, running their cards or they can't get their cards run. I'll go out and help them. Uh, if the elderly need help and they can't go in the store, they'll pay me. Then I'll go in, pay it, come back with their uh, their, change their change and a receipt and hand it to them. And it's, yeah. Yeah. we got it. We show our courtesy to our customers because that's that's who we need to keep going because they keep this country going the truckers they keep the fuel going but it's our job is to make sure everyone's taken care of and helped it's it's really interesting to hear your story about joining the service and and being 18 and and see you were 17 and you didn't get caught up in in drugs you you left that scene which ended up being a good choice, but at the same time, it caused you a lot of trauma. But staying would have caused you a lot of different trauma, probably. It would have prolonged it. Yeah. That's what I felt like. And going through two different war zones and seeing a lot of the dead laying around, it's unnatural. And for me, you know, it's unnatural to take another man's life. Yeah. And yeah. the reason I say that is is because when you take somebody's life, you're trying to you're trying to be God or something. It is not our really our choice to take another life unless it's to really defend your family or your country. But what Saddam did to his own people, it was wrong and he needed to go. Yeah. So fast forward to the the program here, right? You're living in um you're living in Utah. 2018 program, you know, we, we legalized medical cannabis here. What are you thinking at the time? I was excited. I was stoked, but I wasn't happy with how they changed the people's vote on the original prop two. Yeah. That kind of, uh, really made me mad because then that's taking the people's rights away and dictating another person's right into putting in what they wanted to believe. Yeah. I think yeah. I think Prop Two was destroyed when the, the LDS church got involved. And I just, it's just wrong. If somebody votes on something and that's what we voted on, then that's what it needs to be. Not changed. And I was really disappointed on that, but I was still stoked it still passed through the laws. Yeah. And you know, like something when True Med came out, I jumped on it. Yep. Yep, and that's one of the big reasons why we wanted to talk is because this whole experience with True Med, 
And uh, let, yeah, let's talk about that. What, what the hell happened? So when True Med came out, they were about 90th south, and I would say 13th and 14th hundred west or somewhere like that. That's okay. where they first started out, somewhere up in there. And they were charging a heavy penny. So me living all the way up here, you know, gas was expensive. You're looking at almost 380, 375. And it takes almost, it took almost $120 just to fill the whole tank up in the truck. Mm -hmm. The old lady, she has brain damage. So I worked on her too at the same time. So first appointment, I took about $800. 400 for me, 400 for her to get it going. And, you know, I seen their doctor and all that. I was excited. I was stoked. And they gave me a signed letter for a medical, from a medical provider. It turns out this uh, medical vital, uh, provider is no longer with them. He didn't, he pretty much lasted about four months and he quit on them. And so they called. Whenever they, they would call me about three weeks to a month, and I'll come down and pay them another three, four hundred dollars. This is how many weeks after? About, about six weeks, but not six weeks. Uh, six months. No, it wasn't even six months. They were having us come down every month. Wow, and paying them again. What, what, what date is this? What's the time frame of this happening? Beginning on 10, 20 of 2019. Okay. So for context, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to mention what I'm doing at that point, right? I am, I'm starting to look into, uh, you know, getting to becoming a QMP. I'm starting to think about how I'm going to set up a business, how I'm going to start seeing people, uh, thinking about insurance. I'm, I'm kind of looking into this because 2020, we're going to have a, a pharmacy open. Uh, so TrueMed is ahead of the game, so to speak, right? They're, they're one of the first people out there. The only other person at the time that I know was writing letters was Corey Anden in Ogden. Um, and, but, but TrueMed was out there. So you're going down there every month. You're having to pay. So what total amount did you end up paying them? I've paid about $6,000. $6,000 came and, out of my pocket. And you got, even you got to put the gas in there too. And it gets expensive. Because where are you driving from? Salina. And it's about a two hour and 20 minute drive to Salt Lake City. Yeah. But you're not, no, but, but there's no information anywhere else. So there's no way really for you to get information that that tells you hey this is this isn't right like this isn't this is something you need to be concerned about because there's no state website that's up really there's no other there's no other cannabis clinics doctors aren't doing this i mean is that is that right am i am i getting that right you're really only getting information from them and they're telling you hey we need you to come back we need you to renew your letter yes and holy shit there's times where we should me and the old lady showed up me and casey we did show up a couple times where there was no doctors and they still took the money 
But he he gave us back forty dollars for gas to get back home. That was about it. Who was this? Was this the guy who ended up in jail? Uh, it was Troy Martinez. I tried calling them. Uh huh. Last week and the week before, the number on the website. Uh huh. Doesn't work. Yeah, I think the guy uh, Ramon he got arrested for kidnapping a woman and beating her. Did I didn't know that. that. No. Yeah, so so interestingly enough, there was a news article that, uh, and and I think this is all you know allegedly, I guess I should say, and you know this is a an opinion of us, right? Utah in the Weeds is a podcast. We're talking about things that we you know we we're trying to get the facts, of course, but we're we're just people talking. Um, but yeah, Ramon was allegedly um, uh, you know kidnapped a woman, carved and carved number in her name in her uh, hand and has been arrested because yeah it was a crazy crazy story but he's the owner or was the owner of TrueMed one of the owners of TrueMed and there was a lot about TrueMed came out uh just in the past few weeks about this essentially predatory behavior right and I didn't I heard about this as somebody who does medical cannabis and who has been like pretty open and honest about what the fees are, what the costs are, what you get for your money, how long you how long you get a card. Like that just seems reasonable, right? Like I don't I don't see how you could charge somebody and take $6,000 from them. And and have you drive and the letters. I can see how I guess you would do that, but I just it is just crazy to me that this happened. You're not the only person that I've heard something like this from. This is certainly the most money I've heard of. How has that affected you financially? Um, I'm, I took a major hit. You know, I'm I'm struggling right now. You know, and it's money I could have saved and used. Because right now I'm at home and I'm stuck with COVID. And I've been with this disease for about eight days now. And it's really taking an effect on me. I wish wow. I wish uh, they have done something right, something different, because I could have put this money to something a better use. Right. And and for this problem now is I'm facing uh, criminal charges. Okay, talk about that. What what's that? What's that? I got. I hit with uh, two ounces because they didn't tell me how much I could have. I didn't get like how I got with ATTHC, I think it is. Mm-hmm. They uh, gave me information about what I can carry, what I can have, or how much I have in my possession. Well, with Truman, I never got anything, anything like that. So when I got pulled over about 30, 40 minutes from home, I showed the cops these uh, signed letters I got from TrueMed. They just looked at me, and then they went and talked with each other. And the other came back and says, uh, we never seen anything like this before. I said, what? They said, these signed letters from the from TrueMed? He said, this is what they they sent me and said I, was, I would be safe and I would be good. <laughs> and pretty much the cop just pretty much looked at me and said, well, I'm thinking you pretty much got scammed out of it. Wow, and then they still charged you. Yep, it's my uh, first offense with it. 
and I don't know what else I need I can do with it, but uh, talk to the judge and let them know what's going on. Yeah. So I I got a court date. My first court hearing on it is on uh, February 9th in Nephi, Wyoming, uh, Utah. Wow. Well, we will all be uh, in support. You got a you got a community now, and hopefully, if you need something, this gets cleared up. Because it's it sounds to me like, I mean, you're the reason. You're literally one of the reasons why this program exists, right? So it seems tragic that somebody like yourself can be taken advantage of in such a horrible way financially. Uh, and then on top of that, get charged for possession in a state where you have legal product and, and two ounces is under the legal limit of what you can possess. You can legally possess up to four ounces of flour and, uh, you know, plenty of concentrates. So hopefully this works out in your favor. I, I did get my card, my cannabis card. Yeah, good. What I was really impressed with HTT was that they stayed there, made me stay there until I got everything done and make sure it yeah. was done correctly. Yeah. And that's something that True Man never did. They yep. got me all email set up with EBS and all that. So when I'm looking on the EBS, there's no doctors that I actually met with in true med there's not a record on it and when i looked up the bbb reports there's a there's someone filed a complaint on true med and it's turned out that turned out to be a big mess because that far from what i read is that has never been resolved yeah i I don't know that it ever will be but you know i mean i guess here's hoping but i don't know whether or not we want them seeing patients anymore at all uh you know, at this point, I think there's been multiple, multiple red flags kind of come up, in my opinion. I think the courts really need to do a thorough investigation of these people. Because a lot of people, I feel like they're taking advantage of people who really need the cannabis. And, taking, yeah, and yeah. there's a lot of people who can't afford a lot of this money. Right. And right. whatever they come up with, they're taking advantage of them and robbing them. Mm-hmm. And they need to be put a stop to it. Yeah, can't couldn't agree more. So, question on your your use too. Now that you have Utah product, and what's your favorite pharmacy? You know, uh, the one I've been going to so far is the one in Provo, Deseret Wellness. Josh Josh Fitzgerald is the pharmacist down there. I like that place. Nice, easy access off the freeway. Pretty cool people. And they were very, very helpful. And they took care of us, took care of me and the old lady. And um, it's the best place to go. Hmm, cool. I'm glad they got a good recommendation from you. Are you uh, you're buying mostly flour there? I bought the flowers, but I'm also buying the edibles for sleep. Yeah. I have a, I have a sleep app, you know? I got a sleep problem. Mm -hmm. Nice thing about cannabis is it doesn't make you breathe worse, like opioids, and uh, it's. I think it. I think it's safer than Ambien too. 
so are the and the gummies last all night, right? Is that a uh, you got a favorite? Oh, I got a favorite. This one I bought is called uh, Calm True North Organics. Yep, it is one of my favorites because it's uh, if I need need to, I could take half of it and and I sleep like a baby. I don't wake up during the night. Yep, and with uh, you know, with somebody like yourself, with um, the nice thing about edibles is they suppress dreams too. They not only make you sleep a little better, but they suppress a little dreams. So it, you, you actually sleep better, especially if you suffer from PTSD or nightmares. And with sleep apnea, do you wear a mask? Yes, I do. Yeah, so you need to shut it down at night. There's times at times that mask gets in my way, and then I feel like I got a chemical mask on. Ah. Uh, it drives me nuts. Yeah, I could see how that would be hard. Yeah, it is. So what's your favorite strain to uh to use, you know, in, in we we'll call it vaporize, right? Smoke or vaporize. You got a favorite strain of flour? Yeah, uh, my favorite strain is probably probably uh more of a sleeper. Yeah. Yeah. I pretty much like something that's gonna calm me and relax me down more. Yeah. I already feel like I got enough hyperactive during the day. Mm-hmm. And so like at night when I'm wide awake and sitting there laying. I feel like I'm hyperactive because my ears are listening to everything. I hear every little creaks on the boards all the way down to hearing something walking on the gravel around the house. Uh-huh. So it makes me get up and want to go out and look, feeling like I'm back on guard duty. <laughs> <laughs> Doing my fire watch. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, it's also taking care of the pain in the joints. It's taking care of the pain in my back. It just, it's just been, it's been a miracle hopper ever since. That's cool. Like I said, it's a lot better than taking the pills. Yeah. It's, it sounds like you're able to control it better, right? You're, you're choosing, you're in the driver's seat. Yes. Where before it didn't, it didn't sound like you felt like you were driving. It, but it kind of sucks because with the BA, Half the VA's for it, the other half of the VA's against it. They there's they're still split on that decision. Mm-hmm. And so you sit there and wonder, it's like half the doctor said, if it's working for you, then continue using it. The other half says, Well, you're a bad person for taking it. And what? I've run into doctors like that. What do you say to them? So well, you know, at least I'm not getting hooked on something. Since at least cannabis you can quit and not affect you in any form like an opiate does or like an Ambien. I was on Ambien's for a while and they just, they Ambien's hit people differently. You could take it the night before, wake up in the morning, fine. Two hours later down the road, you could be sleep driving from your Ambien from the night before and not realize it. And one of the things I think they don't like people on cannabis is because they are losing their money on their pharmaceuticals and their pharmacies. Yeah, I hate to say it. I mean, I I guess it could be. I, I hope that's not true, but it certainly could be true. The, the VA has an escalator going straight to the pharmacy and home. 
Do they? <laughs> oh, yeah. You ever see, there's times where I sat waiting for two hours just to pick up my medication because the pharmacy's filled with vets waiting for their medications. Wow. Do you know a lot of do you know a lot of vets who use who smoke weed? I know probably like ten of them. Do you find that your family and your your family and friends are pretty supportive of your your cannabis consumption? Like, what's going on with you? Yes, they they prefer me doing the cannabis, and one of the reasons for that is I'm not on opiates, and I'm not a raging alcoholic. Because yeah, if you yeah. if you actually look at the statistics, a lot of vets are alcoholics. They drink and drink and drink. When oh. you're in the service, what do we do? We drink and party, drink and party. Yeah, and the only options are not not marijuana, not cannabis. Right? So so you got alcohol. Yep, and they're a big supplier of alcohol, the military is. Are they? Oh yeah. I mean I when I was in Germany in Hannah, Germany, my wall locker, I had like six, seven cases of beer, four bottles of Jack Daniels. I mean, it was always stocked in there. We drink mm. every single day, every night. And one of the things I'm happy is I don't drink. Mm, congratulations. The cannabis helps out with that. Is there something else that you, you want to talk about, you want to bring up, you want to make sure everybody hears? Yeah, I just want everybody to know is that they need to stay away from TrueMed. Yeah. Those yeah. who, uh, who've who gone through TrueMed and been screwed over by TrueMed, they need to come forward and put a stop to it. We do better as a group than one single person trying to take them on. And if everybody who's had the problem with them, if everybody came together as a team, we can do something about it. Well, absolutely. That's what I really need to let people know. Well, if you're listening to this podcast on Utah in the Weeds and uh, you, you know, you want to make a comment or you want to share an experience about TrueMed or, or another, you know, clinic that took advantage of you in the system in Utah, the, let, let's do this. Let's, uh, let's go to YouTube, our YouTube channel. It's called Discover Marijuana. This podcast is posted on that YouTube channel. Make a comment there on this episode and we'll yeah we'll we'll start a little group of people there if if there's people who have stories make a comment again discover marijuana uh you know this part podcast with daniel jones daniel mark jones this has been a great uh i, I am glad to get to know you man same here tim it's really good to see you and meet you this yeah. time if we can do anything for you and help you in any way, you you reach out to us. Uh, you know, shout out to Deseret Wellness, who's who's helping you get your medicine. I love those guys down there. Uh, you know, stop in next door. We've got an office right there, and we'll hook you up with a sweatshirt. Utah in the weeds sweatshirt. Uh, next time you next time you're up there in Provo. Sweet. All right, everybody. Exciting times in Utah as the legislation, uh, you know, gets kind of underway and uh, appreciate you listening. This has been great. Stay safe out there.